It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Eric Cartier in Colorado Springs. I hope you're having a great Wednesday afternoon. I'm filling in today for Pastor Ed. It's great to be with you. The heart and purpose of our show is to give you an opportunity to call in with questions that you have about the Word of God, also about things that are going on in your life. So the number is 303-690-3000. We do have all of our lines open, 303-690-3000, or you can send me a text question, 720 I'd like to begin today's show with 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 2, going down to verse 4. I've been meditating upon this today. And the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my strength in whom I'll trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior. You save me from violence. I will call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised. So I shall be saved from my enemies. What stands out to me is this is personal for David. David doesn't just understand that God's a rock or a fortress or a deliverer, but he uses the personal pronoun that he is my rock. He's my fortress, my deliverer, my strength and whom I'll trust. Throughout all of the difficulties in David's life, he found the Lord to be that faithful place of security and refuge. And that's my desire today is to make that personal in my life, the challenges that I'm facing, the joys that I'm going through, to come and really find that faithful place to be able to abide in the Lord. So let's call upon the Lord together because he is worthy to be praised. Once again, you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier at Rocky Mountain Calvary in Colorado Springs. I'm so glad that you're listening today. We do have our phone lines open if you have a question about the Word or things going on in your life or prayer request. The number is 303-690-3000. Also, you can send me a text at 720-336-0897. I'd like to give a shout out and a welcome to our listeners on the East Coast in Pennsylvania and Maryland and New Jersey on Hope FM. Thank you so much uh, for listening. Also, for all of those that are listening in Colorado, we'd like to welcome you today. Let's go to line two to Christian from Colorado Springs. Christian, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you, Pastor Eric. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, first of all, I just want to thank you and uh, Ed Taylor, all the pastors that contribute to uh, Grace FM. It's truly been a blessing to me and my family. Well, it's a blessing to be here. Thank you for listening. Yeah, so um, I just had a question. So I, I met this um, pastor few weeks ago, and he invited us to his house to go to Bible study. So we've been going there for the last three weeks, and about, uh, what was it, last night, actually, um, he sent me an email inviting me to go out and grab a beer at a bar before uh, the Bible study, which is uh, tomorrow, this Thursday, and I just didn't know if that was right. I didn't know if, um, you know, it's okay to, for pastors to drink beer, and I mean, for myself, I I don't drink anymore. It's something I've given up because of uh, the destruction it's brought to my life. I just kind of took it too far, and um, that's that's the whole thing. I, I didn't know, um, you know, if, if it's 
if it's a good idea. You know, is it a good idea for pastors to, to be drinking or, you know, inviting, um, you know, people of the church or of the Bible study to go out and get a beer? Yeah, you know, let me point you to the scriptures on this. In Ephesians chapter 5, it tells us to not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So there we have our first instruction on alcohol, uh, is it's to be used in in moderation, not to the place of, of drunkenness. And then also we find in Paul's writing that we shouldn't cause a believer to stumble. Um, And so our actions uh, shouldn't be a stumbling block to them, becoming a hindrance uh, between them and their relationship uh, with the Lord. And, you know, for me personally, I I wouldn't uh, feel comfortable inviting somebody to sit down and have a beer uh, at a bar because I don't know where they're coming from. I don't know if it could cause a place uh, of stumbling uh, for them. Um, you know, so I think the Lord would give you discernment uh, in, in those uh, things as you try to make this decision if this is someone that you should be uh, receiving from or not. But we know uh, biblically we're not to be drunk uh, with wine and we're not to cause other believers to stumble. So I think the interpretation of that for for pastors was they, they need to be very careful on that issue because of the leadership that God's given them as it could easily cause someone to stumble uh, without even realizing it. Okay. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Well, Christian, is there anything I can pray for you uh, today while I got you on the line? Yeah, yeah. If you could uh, please just give me um, or pray pray for me and my family on, uh, you know, what to do, whether to pursue this relationship or not. I mean, the Bible studies have just been really awesome. The fellowship has been some of the greatest fellowship that we've had uh, in a very long time. And, um, it just, it really, it, it, it hurt me a little bit last night. I was kind of distraught and disturbed by it all uh, in the sense that um, it's probably more personal because it's something that destroyed my life before that Jesus saved me from. And, uh, you know, if you could just pray that God would give me the wisdom and discernment and the grace of, uh, you know, how to pursue this or, or what to do in this situation. Yeah, absolutely. God, I thank you for Christian and, Lord, his heart for you and his family. And, Lord, I pray that you would really give him discernment, Lord, of what they're to do in in regards uh, to this uh, Bible study, Lord, and and to this church, and that you would help him uh, sort these things out. We thank you that you promise in your word, if we ask for wisdom, that you'll be faithful to give it to us. So, Lord, would you just be gracious to Christian and his family and bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Pastor. God bless. Yep. God bless you, too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric. The number is 303-690-3000, or you can send a text at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line three to Caesar in Denver. Caesar, welcome to the program. Caesar, are you there on line three? All right, let's go to line one to Gene in Platteville. Gene, welcome to the program. Hey, Eric, I got a uh, question. I appreciate you, you um, doing this, number one. And, and uh, I've got a Mormon friend that, that's a good guy. I mean, just a peach of a guy. And I've been trying to, to um, just understand where he's coming from. I want, you know, we've been kind of sharing scriptures, and, and it just... It's almost like they have, and I'm not sure, but it almost looks like they have their own 
rendition of of the Bible. They said he, he uses the King James version yet. Um, you know, he kind of reads some stuff into it. And mm-hmm. I was wondering if uh, you know we've had a, a real problem in the Trinity, and and I don't think, and you may correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that uh, they believe that Jesus is God. You know, the three in one. Um, That's right. Yeah. And and I was wondering if you could maybe share some scriptures or something that that would I could I could maybe you know use. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, I think. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the key things I think when sharing uh, with a Mormon comes down to uh, the gospel and specifically grace. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace you've been saved through faith and that of not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Um, and they, they don't have the assurance of salvation because it's a works-based uh, salvation. So I think really sharing with him and talking with him about the finished work of Christ, his death and resurrection, that we're saved by grace, uh, not th- through works. Uh, the Book of Mormon says that you're saved by grace after you've done all that you can do. So that's a that's a heavy burden to bear. And then also my experience with Mormons is usually it, it's a, a really a long-term investment. Um, I lived in Salt Lake City for a while, and there were some people in my church that got saved uh, out of the Mormon church, and they said that they had some friends who were Christians, and they watched their lives for years and years and years uh, before they received Christ as, as their Savior. So I think sharing with him, uh, you know, the the truth about the grace of God in Christ Jesus, and then continuing to live it out in front of him and praying uh, for him. And then through life's challenges, hopefully he'll see in time that there's something different with your relationship with God and with his relationship with the Lord. Yeah, and I've, I've talked to him about grace, and, and that's one thing that I've said, that, that we are saved by grace because Jesus did it all, and, and we can't do anything to work. Otherwise, we'd, we'd be able to say... We did it on our own, and it wasn't our right. way of going. But uh, he kind of skirts that issue, and he goes back to to uh, saying how, you know, when Jesus is, is talking to God, and he says, you know, Father, and and always always uh, calling him Father, I said, well, yes. I said, I, I, I agree with you. I don't deny yeah. that. But I said, I think you're trying to think in human terms, and I said the heavenly realm is so much more that we don't understand, and, and it's hard to comprehend. And I think, I, I don't know, it's just, it's almost like he skirts the issue on some things. But, I mean, he's a nice guy, and, and they're, you know, yeah. he's a peach of guy, but it, uh, it's it's kind of frustrating in one aspect, but I'm just going going easy on it. But I appreciate yeah. that. Sounds like you're doing a great job. John chapter 1 is a good chapter about the deity of Christ. And another good resource uh, is gotquestions.org. And they've got a lot of great articles on Mormonism uh, and sharing with Mormons. And they're they're thorough but brief at the same time. And so that's a good resource uh, to what, look what into as well. Uh, it's called gotquestions.org. Oh, okay, okay. Yep, yep. Appreciate Can I that. pray for you and, and lift you up to God and pray that God would give you wisdom well, I, and reaching out to your friend? Okay. 
God, thanks for Gene, and thank you for placing uh, this Mormon into his life, and thanks for the friendship and the relationship that they have. And God, I pray that you would give Gene wisdom and fill him with your Holy Spirit and show him the things to share and show him when to listen and when to speak. And Lord, we pray for his friend that you'd open up his eyes and his ears. Lord, what a heavy burden to live under to think that he's saved by works. And pray he would come to understand that you're God and that you, Jesus, died for his sins and rose again. We, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. God bless you, Gene. Thanks for calling. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live on Grace FM. Thank you so much for joining me on this Wednesday afternoon. This is Pastor Eric at Rocky Mountain Calvary in Colorado Springs. You can give me a call with your questions about the Word or things that are going on in your life. Prayer requests, love talking about real things. The number is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you can send a text at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line two to Joseph in Castle Rock. Joseph, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you for having me, and thank you for doing you this. Bet. Oh, yeah, my pleasure. All right, so uh, I had a you know a quick question real quick about, like, and it's uh, about applicable stuff, like, even just in the church today, but, you know, there, it seems like there's been a real surgence of, like, Hebrew roots people, you know? Have you mm-hmm. heard about that? Yep. yep, I sure have, yeah. Right, you know, and... Like, and there's a lot of stuff going on, but even in just, like, my seeing some of my own stuff, it seems like that's kind of the source for a lot of false doctrine or a lot of misunderstanding, mm-hmm. y- you know? And I don't want to throw the whole, you know, you know, I don't want to throw the whole baby out with the car seat or however that phrase goes. <laughs> yeah, right. You, you know, it's it's kind of just like, like, as a body of believers, as the Church as a whole, is that... You know, is it something that we should be kind of condemning? You know, it's just, it seems like, you know, there's nothing like outright wrong with a lot of the stuff, but then it kind of opens the gate for, you know, a lot of just funky stuff. Right. So from what I've seen in my perspective is you kind of have two groups of people inside of that movement, you know, uh, this, this roots movement or, or worshiping God, you know, through more of a Jewish uh, expression and celebrating the feasts is you have one group that really understands that salvation is through Christ and through his finished work upon the cross. And they're really celebrating the feasts out of the fulfillment of who Christ is. But then you have some others that I would consider to be legalists um, that are really using this as a way to say, well, this is great that you believe in Jesus for salvation, but if you really want to be sanctified or you really want to be serious about your relationship with God— then you have to keep the feasts and right. and you have to you know be strict about your worship on on the sabbath and and oh yeah by the way if you celebrate christmas then you're in spiritual adultery uh, and oh. then before you know it you have the shackles of legalism robbing you uh, from from the gospel and and it is a slippery slope uh, i think right. it's something to to really be be aware of and a lot of times it sucks people in with you know, you'll have a deeper understanding through this, and you'll be more set apart uh, if you if you worship in, in this way. And so, I think there there are some that are right on in the midst of that movement, but then there are some that have moved from the gospel, and there is uh, something to be very careful of as a person walks down that road. 
Right. And yeah, and it's kind of hard because, like, even you know, I don't, it looks like it, you know, I, I don't want to make assumptions, but even like when and like when somebody's running around with like a like a CJD, right? I know verses in that. That's just they water down truth, like the deity of Christ, and you know, and just there's a lot of things like people insisting on being called rabbi, you know, and it's like I don't know. It's just kind of. It was kind of a thing bugging me. Yeah, I, I hear you. I think it's something to be on guard about. And we I think a great book of the Bible to read in this discussion is the book of Galatians, uh, because uh, that's exactly what was happening to that church, is you had people that were coming in through Judaism and trying to rob people from the simplicity and the security of the gospel. Okay. So, well, yeah. cool, cool. Great question. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you guys very much. You bet. God bless you, Joseph. Hey, likewise. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. It's a blessing to have you with me today. We do have all of our phone lines open. The number is 303-690-3000. All lines are open, 303-690-3000. Or you can send a text at 720-336-0897. So if you're in Denver, you're in Broomfield, Colorado Springs, or you're out on the East Coast, Pennsylvania, Maryland, New Jersey, you're listening, you've got a question about the Word or things going Going on in your life, a prayer request, feel free to pick up the phone and give me a call 303 690 3000. Haven't received a text question yet today, so if you like to text and you've got a question, here's the number 720 336 First text question has just come in, says, Could you please discuss the theology behind spiritual holiness? I heard this term related to the Church of the Nazarene. So from my understanding, what this phrase uh, of spiritual holiness means, specifically tied to the Nazarene Church, is the Nazarene uh, Church and uh, some in the Nazarene Church would believe that perfection can take place on this side of eternity, uh, and so that uh, on our spiritual walk with the Lord here in this life, that we could get to the place where we don't sin any longer. It's also referred to as uh, sinless perfection. And so, when I look at the Scripture, I see our flesh is being something that we're going to wrestle with until we go home to be with the Lord. And yes, though we can walk in the Spirit, we'll continue to be tempted. Uh, by by the flesh. We'll continue to sin until we go home to be with the Lord. So I hope that helps and uh, brings some clarity uh, to your question. Thank you guys for uh, sending in uh, your text questions. I've uh, got a few more that has come in. Uh, here it says, how can teens uh, like me tell other people about Jesus? Love this uh, text question. Thank you so much for for sending this in. How can teens like me tell others about Jesus? First thing that comes to mind is what Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, don't let anybody look down upon you because of your youth, but be an example uh, to the believers. And so don't think just because you're young that God uh, can't use you. And then I think the best way to tell other people about Jesus is to share what God has done and is doing in your life. I think of the man who was born blind, where Jesus healed him, and he said, this one thing I know, I was born blind, but now I see. Share 
how you came to know Christ as your Savior, what he's currently doing uh, in your in your life. Also to ask questions to people. To, uh, what do you think about uh, Christ? Uh, do you believe in God? Is Do you feel an emptiness uh, about your life? So pray that that's helpful. Uh, let me pray for you. God, I thank you for this team that's listening today and desires to be used and to tell other people about Jesus. I pray you would fill them with your spirit. You'd really set apart their life and they'd be used by you to, to glorify you in an incredible way to tell many people about Jesus. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to line one to Justin in Denver. Justin, welcome to the program. Justin, are you there on line one? Yep. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Good, thanks. Just had a prayer request, please. Yeah. Um, girlfriend's brother, he's just turned 18, um, had some drug problems in the past, and um, just a couple of nights ago he got in a physical altercation with his father, and okay. uh, it was asking all these questions about suicide. And uh, some days he'll be perfectly normal, and other days he's just, wants to fight and argue with everyone. Um, I mm. don't believe he's a believer. Okay. Um, you know, we've had several conversations, and we're trying to seek medical help. The police have said, you know, unless he hurts himself, there's nothing they can do. Um, and mm. he doesn't want to go to the doctor, so I'm just praying that, you know, the Lord will help him see what's going on and that we can get the help that we need, because we're also kind of seeking the help because we think there's some sort of mm-hmm. chemical imbalance maybe or something like that. So Yeah. I just want to encourage you, you know, you're doing the right thing and I'd continue to to fight for him and knock on as many doors as possible. Um and and I'd love to partner with you in prayer and lift him up uh, to the Lord. So let's let's pray together. God, we just thank you for Justin and his girlfriend, and we lift up his girlfriend's brother to you. And it seems like the youth are getting attacked in so many ways, God. And we pray that you would bind Satan from his lies and and that the truth of who you are, Jesus, Jesus is the lamb and Jesus as the the lion of the tribe of Judah, that you would speak uh, to this young man and he would come to know you, God, that he would come to see that you you died for his sins and you rose again, that you would give him hope, that he wouldn't be in a place of hopelessness. We pray for Justin and the rest of the family that you'd really give them wisdom from all avenues, Lord, spiritual and physical, to be able to reach out. And so, Lord, we lift up this young man to you and pray that you would protect him, that you would put that hedge, that fortress around him. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for calling, Justin. Yeah, thank you for the prayer. I'll call back with an update once we see progress here. All right. Thank you very much, and I'll be praying. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. The number is 303-690-3000. Let's go to line two to Michael. Michael, welcome to the program. Hey, my, hey Pastor. How are you doing, sir? Good. How are you today? I'm doing good. I, I was having a rough day yesterday, but... I'm doing good today. I have a couple of questions for you. Okay. As pertaining to to children in the end times, and it's kind of like a two-part question, okay? Okay. Children, okay, when Christians, when the Christians are raptured off the planet, which I believe in 100% uh, in the rapture, 
and say, okay, a family is raptured off the planet, or, or Christians are raptured off the planet. The little children that are, what happens to the children when the parents get raptured off of in the in, with the church? Okay. Yeah. That's my so first part of part first part of it. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and give me the second part as well, and I'll, I'll try to answer them both okay. together. All right. And the second part is this. After the church is raptured off, okay, and and, and the Antichrist starts doing his thing with the, uh, the, the, the tattoo or whatever the mark he, he issues mark out. Mark of the beast, okay? yep. Um, again, a question about children. Someone decides, no, they're not going to take the mark, and they get martyred. They lose their head or whatever means of death that happens to them. What happens? Mm-hmm. What happens to the children? Um, as far as uh, how do I put this? Um, they can't be forced to take the mark because they're not of an age of understanding. I'm assuming. Okay, so mm-hmm. if they if they were forcibly marked or tattooed, would they still be damned? So here I think is the answer in both of these questions, and it's referred to as the age of the accountability. And we know that God is just. So even now, currently, if a child dies before they they come to of age where they're able to make a decision to receive or reject Christ— uh, we believe that God would allow them to to go to heaven because that that's just they they haven't come to that age where they're old enough to reject Christ as their savior. So I think that would be the answer in regards to both of your questions with with the rapture and also with the mark of the beast. So okay, I hope that's so helpful ba- to you. So basically, if uh, if I had friends and and they and 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 they and they were raptured off the planet. Well, along with me, and they had young children. The children would automatically go with them. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's what you're saying. Yep, that's what I believe. You know, that's what I think will take place. Yeah, if if there's a believing mom and dad, and you've got a young child, I think their young child would get raptured with them. Okay, and in the case of yeah. of of somebody being uh, corralled by the Antichrist and forced to make a choice between receiving the uh, the uh the mark of the beast or die and there's a young child in that family and stuff uh what would be the outcome of that what would be what might happen as far as you understand with let's say that 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 child yeah. who's not a stage of understanding yeah again i think that the lord knows and sees their heart and if you're talking about a young child and infant, you know, young toddler, and they're not old enough to be able to understand what's happening. I don't think the Lord would hold them uh, responsible. Um, but that's what I see based upon the, the character of God. But ultimately, we see through a glass dimly. But uh, yeah, that's that's how I see both of those those questions. So thank you for calling today, Michael. Well, well thank you for answering my question. That, that's, you bet. that's a hard question to answer, too. It is, yeah. It is. Well, God Thanks, bless sir. you. Have a have a great evening. You too. I'm going to jump over and try to grab a text question before we head to the break. 
It says, uh, what would your advice be concerning a desire of wanting uh, to be disciplined? I've not been disciplined, but have a desire to be. There's a specific person that I feel we have similar hearts, but we may have different callings, but he seems really busy. And uh, excuse me, I misread this, but uh, discipled, uh, really desiring to be discipled. Um, yeah, discipline wouldn't be the right word there. So someone's desiring to uh, be discipled, never been dis- discipled. The text goes on to say, but he seems really busy and we don't necessarily see each other that often. And he also disciples others and may not have been t- having time. I've been praying about it for a little while. But could you give me an example of how you did decide to disciple someone or how you go about starting that? Well, I'm going to come back to this right after the break. So thanks for this text question and stay with me and we'll answer this question about discipleship. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Thank you so much for listening this Wednesday afternoon. This is Pastor Eric in Colorado Springs. The number is 303-690-3000, or you can send a text at 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. I want to continue with this text question about uh, discipleship. Basically, asking uh, how do I find someone who is willing to uh, disciple me? Uh, you talked about someone that you'd like to disciple you that may be too busy. My first instruction is: don't be afraid to ask. Jesus tells us, "Ask and you shall receive." Go to that person that God's put on your heart. Uh, They may really be interested in uh, discipling you. And then second is, if that doesn't work out, is just look for a believer in your life that you see the fruit of God in their life, that you respect them, and ask them to disciple you. And many times it happens just through friendship and relationship where you begin to open up about questions that you have about your relationship with the Lord and how to walk with the Lord in in a greater way. If those things uh, don't work out... man, go to your church. Those are the kind of questions we love uh, as pastors is when people come and say, I want to grow my faith. I, I want to be uh, discipled. And I'm sure that they can help uh, you find some a mentor that would be willing to disciple you. So thanks for uh, sending in that question. Let's go back uh, to the phone lines. Uh, let's go to line two uh, to Mike from Denver. Mike, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Pastor Eric. Uh, you bet. Um, I think the thing that I'm wrestling with right now is in in the times that we live in, it seems like um, as as believers, we're coming up against a lot more hostility, um, mm-hmm. particularly in in the United States. Um, and I know our brothers and sisters across the pond and in various other countries have been seeing this for a long time, but we're not really well versed in real hostility toward the faith and and my question is you know when you're when you're witnessing to somebody or you're you're praying through conversation how do you how do you discern finding the balance between somebody who's um just needing to hear the gospel versus just 
antagonistic and hateful and where do, where do you draw the line because i know that you know you don't want to cast pearls before swine um mm-hmm. you, you always you always want to witness to somebody in in love you, you you're building a bridge and you're trying to develop that relationship of commonality as human beings mm-hmm. with one another right in that process yeah. though you know it just I struggle with, okay, how much abuse do I take from somebody versus just walking away? Right. And what comes to my mind is Revelation 3.20, where Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, let him open the door, and I will come in and eat with him or sup with him. Uh, And our job is to to give the invitation to share uh, Christ. And then if someone is angry or or hostile and and they don't want to hear it, uh, we want to respect that. Just just as Jesus said, I, I'm here knocking. I'm not going to kick the door down. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and you have to be willing to open the door. Um, and, and if someone is clearly showing uh, in their in their actions and uh, that they don't want to hear it, to trust, you know, it wasn't in vain. I, I was able to share with them. You know, who knows uh, where that will go later on in their life. But for this moment in time, uh, they're they're not wanting to hear it. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and, and walk away from from this conversation. So I think Revelation 3.20 gives us a lot of practical wisdom. Knock on the door, uh, pursue people with the gospel, uh, but they have to be willing to respond. They, they've got to be willing to right. open the door. And if they're not at that place, to be able to, to respect that. Yeah, I think that's a good... I think that's a good balanced approach. I think what I've done in the past is just, you know, respectfully thank them for their time and and um, just pray for them. You know, it's yeah, yep. You can't get past the walls that people build, but the Holy Spirit, through God's Word, can. Amen. So yeah, I, just, that's right. I just lift them up in prayer. You know, it, it's just funny yeah. to try and figure out what the balance is because you know you <clears throat> you try to listen to the Holy Spirit and and you try to. To, to be sensitive to when he says, hey, why don't you say something to that person? And it's like, okay, yeah. Lord, I said something to that person, and I got my head ripped off. <laughs> I mean, how do we, yeah. you know? And you try to be faithful, but at the same time, you don't want to just take people's abuse for the sake of taking abuse. Right. So I appreciate I the agree. input. You bet. Can I pray for you? I love that you're asking this question. It's, it's a great question. Absolutely. Please do. God, thanks for Mike, and thanks that he's concerned about people's salvation and them knowing you and having the knowledge of you, Jesus. And I pray that you would continue to give him great opportunities with people and give him wisdom, Lord, of of when he's to press and when he's to back off and real discernment from the Holy Spirit. And we do pray for those that he's encountered that have had a hard heart. Maybe they're like uh, Saul who became Paul. Lord, that you would do a radical uh, transformation and conversion in their lives. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. You too. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Let's go to uh, line three to Eric in Erie, Colorado. Eric, welcome to the program. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks. Uh, A quick praise that I didn't let the person know whenever I uh, filtered the call, but uh, my son just got out of uh, shoulder surgery here just a few minutes, so a big praise for that. Everything went well. Uh, but my Praise God, that's was, awesome. Um, I've, I've been a, a follower of Christ for many, many years, and I feel like I'm uh, pretty strong in my faith, and I've been listening to Calvary almost every day for since I've lived here in the in the Denver area in Erie uh, since 
probably about uh, 2013, and I noticed that the different pastors that are on the uh, radio um, distinguish the difference between the spirit and the soul, and I had never really um, distinguished that myself until I started listening to these pastors, and so could you kind of give me your understanding of what, what is the difference between the spirit and the soul? Yeah, I think that it's really hard to distinguish between the soul and the spirit, though there is a, a difference, and the Bible distinguishes it. We see in Hebrews 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God's living and powerful, sharper than the two-edged sword, piercing even between the division of the soul and the spirit. And so God's word can penetrate uh, even in between our soul and our spirit. God knows where the soul stops and the spirit begins. You know, from my understanding, what I can, can kind of gather is the soul is our mind, our emotion, and our will. Uh, that's kind of our our, our soul. And, and then our spirit is the deepest part of us. Uh, and both our soul and our spirit, uh, you know, is that inner man. Uh, but if I were to say, what's the spirit? Uh, you know, the spirit's the deepest part of me. The the soul uh, is more of my emotional makeup, my, my mind, uh, my will, um, my my emotions. Uh, so it's a difficult question to actually be able to say where does the soul uh, begin, where does the spirit end. Uh, um, but that that's how, the best that I know how to explain it. Okay. Well, no, I appreciate that. That's I never thought of the difference between the two until I, you know, like I said, started started listening to some of the pastors. So uh, that sounds like a very good answer to me as well. So um, so thank you. I, can I share one thing with you before you go? I, I did sure. a study about six months ago that was really interesting to me uh, of just how many times God mentions the soul throughout the Bible. Um, so the, the soul is really important to the Lord, uh, and we see the, the soul being refreshed. Uh, we see uh, the psalmist saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul, where he's speaking uh, to to his, his soul, his mind, emotion, and, and his will. So if you get a chance to open up a concordance either online or, or in book form and just look up the word soul, it's pretty fascinating how many places it's it's used throughout Scripture. I just found that kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I will I will do that. Well, God bless you. Thanks for calling. Okay. Same to you, and thank you. Have a great night. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. Thank you so much for listening. The number is 303-690-3000, or you can send a text at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line one to Douglas out in Baltimore. Douglas, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing there? Good. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Uh, got a question as far as, uh, in your opinion and, you know, from what you know, who who were in, who was involved in writing the writings of the Bible? Um, I just I'm curious because uh, it, it would ha- would it be the Jews first or what you would consider Christians or what is it? Yeah, so there's 66 books uh, in the Bible, and there's a lot of different human authors that God used. Uh, and in the Old Testament, we we have Jews that are recording uh, God's Word. Moses wrote the first five books of the Old Testament, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. 
And then throughout the Old Testament, we have a variety of different men, uh, primarily prophets uh, used by the Lord uh, to write down uh, the Word of God. Uh, and then in the New Testament, uh, the, the disciples were used to record the Gospels for us. Uh, we have Matthew um, that wrote down uh, the Gospel of Matthew. Mark is uh, Peter's account of the life of Jesus. Mark wrote it down, uh, and Peter, the disciple, and those men uh, were, were Jews uh, as well. And then as you get further into the New Testament, you have the Apostle Paul, who was used to write many books of, of, of the New Testament. Um, so a variety of different uh, men with a variety of different backgrounds that were moved by the Holy Spirit and given the Word of God uh, to record it for us. Right. I'm just, uh, it, it's kind of confusing because if you look at today and the things we go through to um, build machinery and everything we do is like based on templates and, and a certain theory. And I'm just wondering if somehow the Jews had some other plan in, in hand here um, for using the Christians for like war and, you know, other things, because it seems that the Jews have so much control over the communications companies and, and a lot of other things that are happening to the public right now. And I just, you know, I'm looking at it as a strategic thing. And if, why, um, you know, if so you're saying it was Jews that also wrote about Jesus, but they still deny Jesus. They uh, A lot of them just say, the Jews... Or supposedly believe there was only God and not Jesus, right? Right. So that's kind of what's fascinating about the New Testament is you have uh, Jews who would normally reject that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, but these group of men, uh, they believed that Jesus is God, that Jesus was the, the Savior uh, of the world. Um, and, and so I think, at least from my perspective, the Bible's amazing that you have so many different authors, but yet they have complete harmony in their message about uh, who Jesus Christ is. Right. Do you believe... Do you believe God's word is inspired that it, it came from the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. Now, when you say Savior or God, you mean that He was the Son of God, right? Because Jesus yep. was the Son of God in their opinion, right? The the, the Son of God and actually and and actually God as well. It's really clear from their their writings that He believed they believed He was the Son of God and that He was God. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it, it, it's. It's kind. Of, it's interesting because if you look at it from a, a standpoint, if you separate the two, because some people say the Son of God. If you separate the two, you would have, you would have God, and then Moses walked to the top of the mountain, right, and spoke to him, and then you would have the Jews. Well, then after that, the Son of God, you have God, and then you have Jesus Christ, and then <laughs> you know you would have. I don't know if you would have Moses or the Christians. You know what I mean? If you looked at, at this as an online, that's why I'm talking about, like, if you look at things as a template and the strategics, that's, you know, that's what I'm thinking here. You know, that's why, that's what my question was based on. Hey, Douglas, so, can I ask you a quick question? Do sure. you, do you believe that God's word's inspired? Do you believe that the Bible is, is God breathed, that, that God's the one that gave us the word ultimately? I believe in God. And, um, but I, I also have a lot of questions because of the things I see happening around me. Um, 
like for instance, most of the like in, in what I do for a living, um, we're losing our living because there's so many Jews that are in control of the communications. You know, Verizon, Google, Level Three Communications, AT and T. They're all controlled by the same people, and they brought well, in all you, these foreigners to divvy the work out to them. So I do believe in God, but I yeah. do have a question about what purpose religion is being used for, you know, between well, the peoples. Yeah, well, Douglas, I would just encourage you to get in God's Word and really read it and, and let God's Word speak to you. And it's a, been a blessing to be able to talk with you today and appreciate mm -hmm. you listening all the way out there in Baltimore. So God bless you, yeah. okay? Well, thanks for taking the call and take good care of yourself. Good luck to you. You, you too. Bye-bye. All right, partner. You're listening to Calvary Live with Eric Cartier. The number is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Let's go to line two uh, to Stephen in Parker. Steve, welcome to the program. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate you taking my call. You bet. I was listening this morning um, to Grace FM, and it was past. Steve, I lost you there for just a second. Are you still there? Looks like we've lost uh, Steve on line two. Steve, are you there? All right. Let's go to line three to Annie in Denver. Annie, welcome to the program. Hi, Eric. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, you bet. I am a new listener. I appreciate your show. I've been enjoying it on my way home from work. So, well, um, thanks for listening. Was, I'm sorry? Thank you for listening. Oh, you're welcome. I was interested in the call that you had a couple of callers ago regarding the spirit and the soul. And I kind of wanted to just share a little bit about what my feeling or what I've kind of been learning about that and wanted to see what you thought about that and maybe okay. how they might intertwine together. But being that, okay, so we have, we're man is three, we've got our body, our soul, and our spirit, and of course, mm -hmm. body, the flesh, and then the soul, like you said, the mind and the emotions and the, you know, our heart. And then the mm -hmm. spirit, I, I always thought or believed that was the part that's from God that gives us life and it's a spirit, and yet I mean, it's so hard because, you know, it is hard to distinguish the two and separate them, but mm -hmm. the spirit is the part from God when he breathed into us, you know, we got life without mm -hmm. the spirit of God, but then can you say that people who don't have the Lord, they have the spirit of God in them because they're, you know, they have life, or do they not if they're not born again? So, you see what I mean? Yeah, I do. I think that I understand, you know, I think there is a distinction between the the Holy Spirit and our, our human spirit. And when a person receives Christ as their Savior, they become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit resides in them, and they have the Holy Spirit. And prior to that, we, we have a spirit, we have an inner man uh, that is given to us by God, and it's what distinguishes us from being made in God's image. You know, I, I would I would say like the animals, you know, they uh, they've got a body uh, and they, they've got a mind and a, and 
uh, emotion to some some extent, but they don't have a spirit the way that mankind does, humanity does, and so that that spirit is what c- causes us to be made in the the image of God. And everybody has that as soon as they're conceived in their mother's womb. You know, God uh, breathes life into them. And then when someone receives Christ as their Savior, then they have the Holy Spirit uh, living inside of them. That's pretty cool. And that's the, that whole—I have unbelievers ask me, okay, so if this is all real, then if people are cloned and it's not from God and man is creating it, are they going to have a soul? Are they going to have the Spirit? Of course, they have a body— that's a tough one to answer. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a real tough one. Yeah, that whole uh, human cloning really makes me nervous because it seems yeah. like we're messing with something we shouldn't be messing with. You know, life is sacred Definitely. by God, and He designs us. And, yeah, if that goes through and we start cloning people, there's a lot of real ethical questions that go along with that. Pandora box. <laughs> yeah, for that's, sure. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's cleared some things up for me that I've been curious about, and I love your take on it, and that was very good. Thank you so much for your help. You bet. Thanks for calling. God bless you. God bless you, too. Have a good day, Eric. You, too. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm going to... I'm going to jump over and uh, take some text questions. I've got a lot of text questions, so I want to give those a little bit of time. Reads... If various households in Egypt painted blood on their doorways, as God instructed the Israelites to do, would God have spared their firstborn sons too? So this is referring back to when the children of Israel were in bondage in Egypt, the last plague when God told them to put the blood of the lamb on their doorpost, then judgment would pass over. If the Egyptians would have obeyed this as well, I believe that they would have been spared the judgment of the death of their firstborn. Uh, It points to and foreshadows the blood of Jesus Christ. And when we apply the blood of Jesus Christ to the door of our hearts, then we're saved and forgiven. And that's uh, extended to Jew and Gentile, anybody that believes and trusts in Christ. Another uh, text question. This is a great question. It says, how is it that the enemy can tempt so many people at the same time, he's not omnipresent, right? So this is correct. Uh, Satan can only be in one place at at one time, uh, but he does have uh, demons that work alongside of him. So Satan isn't in one uh, all places. Uh, He's only in one place at one time, but demons can go out and, and do his work as well. So we may not be being tempted by uh, Satan directly, uh, but we're being uh, tempted by a demon, and ultimately they're playing on our sinful flesh. So I think demons oftentimes are are doing a lot of the the dirty work. And I want to encourage you in that question, or it tells us, submit to God, resist the enemy, and he will uh, flee from you. So thanks so much for sending in that uh, text question. I really like this text question. It says, I'm typing this up on my lunch break to send later, uh, four more hours till Calvary Live 
can't wait. It can't come fast enough. Uh, here's the question. I know writings from the uh, apostolic fathers are not in the Bible. Are they okay to read, though? Anytime, anything I should watch for the first epistle of Clement, etc. Uh, so, so this is referring to extra-biblical writing that comes from the same time period of, of the New Testament. I do think it's okay to read these things. Uh, the, what to watch out for is if they contradict God's Word in any way. Uh, a good litmus test is it does it line up with the person of Jesus Christ? Does it line up with the book of Acts and what is taught in the epistles? And if the answer is no, then you want to go ahead and, and throw it out. And a lot of people are being led astray uh, by these writings because they're putting them on the same level as the Bible. Uh, and you don't want to do that. You, you don't want to put it on the same level as, as God's Word. You want to run it through the filter of God's Word. Another text question that comes in says, if the pharmacy in the Greek word is witchcraft, does that mean we shouldn't take medications that alter your mental state or any at all? So what they're referring to here is uh, the the Greek word uh, for for pharmakia uh, in the Greek. Uh, it means uh, witchcraft, and we get the English word pharmacy uh, from that. So I think there's a warning there against drugs altering your mental state and opening you up to the demonic realm, but it in no way is it... Uh, canceling out using all uh, medications. Uh, you know, God is the author of all things, and, and sometimes medications really help our, our bodies and are needed. I was reading an article this week about a group on the East Coast where they, they don't believe that you should ever go to the doctor or you should ever take medication, and because of that, a lot of children have died unnecessarily. And I was thinking, man, what a tragic death. You know, this, this, this uh, young child died just because his parents didn't believe that he should take take uh, antibiotics. So by all means, go to the doctor. By all means, feel good about uh, uh, taking uh, the medication, uh, and it, it's not in, in any way uh, against uh, Scripture. Um, and then what's this a warning against is the abuse of drugs, and sometimes even prescribed medications can be abused or overused, and we need to uh, be on guard about that. So... Uh, lots of text questions, so I'm going to continue to roll with this here. It says, hi, thank you for your show. I love it. Uh, why aren't my Christian family members and friends interested or alarmed when they hear about end times? None of us were taught about this in church, and now that God has taken away the veil, I'm dismayed and alarmed that people don't seem to care. Please pray for salvation. Uh, for them and for others around the world. Joyce from Baltimore. So, yeah, this is an interesting thing. Uh, a lot of times in the hearts of believers and unbelievers, there's a disinterest for the teaching of Christ's uh, return. And I think a lot of it comes from a hard-hearted state. And God tells us that we should be waiting and looking forward uh, to his uh, soon return. So let me pray for your family in this and that God would wake us up as believers uh, as well. Father, thank you for Joyce out in Baltimore and for her listening. And Lord, as you've just opened her eyes to the second coming of Jesus Christ, the rapture of the church in times, uh, what an exciting thing. And we do look for and long for your soon return. I pray for uh, her family, God, that they would uh, desire to, to know about this incredible teaching of your soon return and that they too would be looking and waiting for uh, your return. And for us as the body of Christ, that we wouldn't be caught unaware, but 
but we would be looking at and longing for your return. So God, would you bless Joyce? Thanks for her sending in this text question. Another text question that has come in says, I have a friend who's fallen into the positive confession teaching. What would you say are the best arguments to help out of this teaching? Uh, two scriptures come to mind. Uh, the first is in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. First, what is the positive teaching? Some might not be familiar with uh, the positive teaching. It's this idea that if you have enough faith that you'll be healed, that you'll always be healed. Or if you have enough faith, you won't have any financial difficulties or trials. And Paul, in his life, he had a thorn in his flesh. And this is 2 Corinthians 12 verse 7. It says, and lest I should be exalted above measure, and by the abundance of revelation, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So God didn't remove the thorn in the flesh for the Apostle Paul. So that's the biblical example that God doesn't always heal in this life. Uh, sometimes he heals by taking us home into eternal life. Sometimes he allows the thorn in the flesh to stay. Also, I just finished uh, the book of Second Timothy on Wednesday nights. And at the end of Second Timothy, we find Paul uh, wrapping things up, giving greetings. And there was one of his fellow laborers that he had to leave sick. So there's another example of uh, God choosing not, not to heal somebody who uh, was sick. So I hope that that brings some clarity for you. It's a real dangerous uh, road that people go down to this name it and claim it, uh, blab it and grab it type of uh, theology. Gang, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate you calling in. We wouldn't have a show uh, without you. It's always a, a blessing to talk with you, to pray with you, to try to answer uh, your questions. And I want to encourage you as you head into the rest of your day and into your evening that God loves you. So he may he bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. Hope you have a great rest of the week. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.